This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. And now for Trending Today, a perennial online question. Do you think online relationships can potentially provide and offer a much more genuine human connection than real-life relationships? This comes from a tweet from uh, Mysterious Cats, who, okay, who's framing it, I think, quite specifically. Do you feel like an online relationship with someone you talk to on social media can be just as meaningful as someone you see and experience the world with in real life? And this is interesting because I think it removes us from the uh, online dating pen pal ideas of what an online relationship is. I think this instead is talking about the kind of long-term friendships that can emerge from uh, commenting on each other's posts, from engaging with each other on, um, on, well, formerly Twitter, now X, uh, just all that sort, you know, being in community, but online. Yeah, and uh, framed that way and so very specifically around uh, kind of maybe often platonic relationships, right? Yeah. I, I think it's, it can be. I mean, I, I, I think when I reflect on the last 10 years and my use of social media, don't, I'm not on Facebook, but I, I am on X. Uh, and on, <laughs> actively, very actively well, on X. Well, I mean, I recently have turned data off just to, you know, to preserve my sanity. But, you know, I do, I do know that there are relationships that are almost entirely online that I've had DM the person, the person has DM'd me and we kind of carry on these conversations in private. Uh, and I do feel a kind of connection because it's an intellectual one and it's often around particular issues. But yes, it, I would not recognize the person walking down the street. I mean, that would be the truth of it too. So I, I like the original tweet because it uh, uses the phrase someone you see and experience the world with in real life because I think if we use that framing to understand the online experience now I'm not here to argue for virtual reality or you know any of those things I, I've said this before I'm a Luddite um, I made huge fun of um, virtual worlds and the like because I think currently it just still looks kind of dorky but um, but I think this notion of experiencing the world is interesting because it's kind of straightforward um, in terms of a uh, a proposal in real life, right? You're, you're walking around, you're eating together, you're smelling the same things, you're looking at the same things. But online, how we think of as experiencing things is interesting. Um, you could, if you're gaming together, for example, you're experiencing something together in real time. Um, if you're watching stuff together, if you're commenting on an article that you've all read together, there there are things that are still very communal about the online experience that get at this idea of relating to people, even though it's not walking and smelling the literal flowers and eating the literal chakwitiao. Yeah, it's true. I, I think, um, and it's very community driven. Or it's very platform, and the kind of issues around those platforms, you know, and what what kind of um, people it draws to it. So for X, you know, it's very typical. It's, you know, uh, it's people who are interested in issues. They're people, who, journalists very often are on X and use that almost exclusively. And and therefore, you're looking at news that's coming in, right? And and news is really of that nature. It's not something you're experiencing firsthand, but we can all feel the pain of, of you know, kids mining in Congo to get the rare earth and do it and all that nonsense. And, and, and we can feel it, right? It's... Uh, 
and so it's not without feeling. It's not without emotional uh, um, kind of weight. It just doesn't have the immediacy of those other kinds of real life experiences. And those are as real. I think we, we live in these global communities now and we struggle and feel the pain of those issues uh, collectively. It, it, it's really quite weird that we've come to this stage in terms of uh, kind of global communities, really. I think this says something different about how you and I use the internet or social media because, of course, you're talking about news and, and I understand that. Um, I was thinking about it from a hobbyist's perspective and how if you are a hobbyist of any persuasion, really, it's very likely that you might not be in the immediate sense, your friends or the people you live with or whatever, they might not understand your hobby or your interests or your obsessions or whatever that that form might take. Um, and you might, in fact, be able to speak more about this thing that you're doing with someone living in, um, I don't know, you know. Timbuktu. Yeah, Timbuktu, Argentina, whatever. Um, then you might, if you just went next door and said to your neighbour, hello, I've made a quilt you know, or, or whatever it might be. And I think that that's also where some of these online friendships really gain strength. And um, that's so if we look at the tweets, some people agree, others do not. Right. This idea of online friendships uh, or relationships being as rich as real life ones. Dana Bash says, Absolutely. Sometimes connections formed online can be incredibly deep and meaningful, often because conversations can dive into topics we might shy away from in person. These digital friendships can offer unique perspectives and support, enriching our lives in ways we didn't anticipate. Plus, the beauty of technology today is that it allows us to maintain these bonds regardless of the miles. Whether it's sharing memes or deep midnight conversations, the authenticity of the connection matters more than the medium. You know, the, the idea of, you know, Maintaining these bonds across great distances is very interesting because it's not like it didn't happen in the past and before social media or before the kind the age of the internet there were those connections but everything was much slower so you can think of all kinds of relationships built on on letter writing the exchange of letters which has happened uh, throughout history uh, just that it happens at a particular pace and perhaps a little more beautiful because you know you have this cursive hand in written <laughs> letters and stuff like that but it's true today uh, you. You feel even more bonded or equal, I think equally bonded to the person because the immediacy of the online connection make, could make it a kind of a daily interaction. Yes, uh, I would also extend that to the fact that many of our personal relationships with people that we know well also take place to a great part online. So there is a kind of normalization. It's no longer the distinction between an online friend and a real life friend is not as firm as most of us would like to believe because um, if you think about the life of your average busy adult, you may not see your friends that often. You may speak to them every day. You may be in several ongoing groups or threads with them. It doesn't mean that you have dinner every night or even every week. You know, you might actually have the bulk of your connection happening through online chat. And so I, I think that there's a sameness to it that maybe people underestimate. However, um, there are people who don't agree. For example, uh, Natasha says, yes, a bond can be formed. However, it's vocal, you know, it's words. It's easy to say what you think another person wants to hear. In the real world, you can observe someone's behaviours, how they carry themselves, how they behave around others, how they react in realistic situations. As the saying goes, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Yeah, I, I do worry, though, like Natasha, about um, what's missing in online communication, right? And I think in the early days, before WhatsApp and, you know, when one SMSed 
each other. I, I know that, you know, relationships could um, find themselves in really perilous waters when, you know, you didn't indicate tone. And, and, and the miscommunication was so rife in that period as we learned, you know, the learning curve, I think, was very steep for all of us getting into that medium and finding that our relationships were mediated, not just kind of in, in that, they were not just unmediated, but they also had a very and increasingly large mediated aspect to them and the SMS. And I, I've had relationships destroyed, Lynn, I don't know if you had, based on WhatsApps read um, or read incorrectly or ungenerously. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I also think that actually, um, what is that that thing that some people say that when you're talking, I, I am venturing into the, the area of romance, not so much friendships, but that thing that people say about um, how to think about choosing somebody that you want to be around for a long time. And I think it's something like, could you imagine having 10,000 meals with this person? Because, of course, if you actually, you know, end up in a long-term relationship with somebody, it's probably like that. And I, I think that somebody that you can imagine speaking to online um, without being faced with uh, loud chewing or, you know, just any number of, of quirks or annoying habits that over 10,000 meals could really start to get to you, um, it's a simpler thing than considering a real person in all their complexities, as you're pointing out, as Natasha's pointing out. So um, we are talking today about the, I think in some ways, the similarity and the difference between online friendships, online connections and real life ones. Tell us, um, do you think that they can be equally meaningful? But also, have you made a friend or um, a connection of any sort online? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Birkins for Mama. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, that was The Cars with You Might Think. It is coming up to 5.52 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod in which we are talking about making online friends, um, essentially, and whether or not they can be as um, as genuine and as rewarding as real-life friendships. So we're asking you for your thoughts. What do you think? Um can be as rewarding, maybe not as much. Or um, also, have you made a friend or a connection online? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, I will say unsurprisingly, that most people don't see online relationships being more or as meaningful. So KCKJ, uh, not expanding, just says, no. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Jessica says, no, no for me, as there are too many scams. The person you talk to may not be the person in their profile picture. Yeah, and I think Jessica points to a real... Um Anxiety? Yeah, it's an anxiety mm. born of strategies that people have developed online when they find that they can alter themselves, right? It's not only that they're having this, uh, these relationships across great distances, they can reimagine themselves. They can reimagine themselves better, not just better looking, but more interesting, uh, you know, different from what they are in real life. And so that's become the scam, right? So, the catfishing. Yeah. So I think the reason why we kind of went at length earlier to try and talk about what exactly we're talking about is exactly to try and sidestep uh, in some ways the, the catfishing because it's easier... <sighs> I agree, actually, that if somebody messages you out of the blue and says, hello, I would like to be your friend, that there is 
ample reason for suspicion. Um, but if you are meeting somebody in community and you know them through a very specific thing, I think you have more time to get to know someone. Um, and also if they're not actually actively asking you for anything. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked about this, right? On Twitter, there are people who deal with culture, for instance, or art. And I know that I have in the past, you know, DM people in, in that group. And it's about issues, right? And it's, if we can bond over issues. So it's not a bond. It's not a kind of attraction issue. It's not a love issue. It's, it's simply that uh, you get depth because you find that this person who's 10,000 miles away or maybe 10 kilometers away is somebody who knows very deeply things that you are also fascinated by or passionate about. And so can, can that be the basis? If that is the basis for a relationship, can it grow? And could it be that you might in a lifetime never actually meet that person and yet have have carried out a substantial part of your day, you know, converse, or week or month, you, whatever, you can conversing also, with them. I think that... Um Friendships that start online don't always have to stay online, firstly. Um, and that doesn't always have to involve meeting someone even. Um, people sometimes end up becoming, uh, you know, they exchange gifts, for example, because, again, you have that kind of shared connection. Um, and so even if it might be, I don't know why, let's just say Timbuktu, it's the go-to faraway country. But um, So you could maintain a very healthy friendship with somebody in Timbuktu sending each other baked recipes you know for the rest of your life uh, Munif actually gets at that saying online friendship is real it can be even more real than real life in some instances almost all the friendships I've made online worth keeping have come from video games. You're locked together in a crazy difficult mission, then a random player selflessly goes out of their way to rescue you and you take out the boss together. The success spurs you to take on more missions together and before you know it, trust gets forged in fire. We know we've got each other's back. We don't even know real names or where they're from. But the moment we see each other's username online, it's like old friends reconnecting, chatting away while blasting aliens through the night. Years later, you get the idea to meet up, physically or online, depending on distance. The bonds become even stronger. We've celebrated weddings, cried at funerals. I'll see you starside, fellow guardians. Destiny 2 players will know. Oh my God, uh, that was uh, what a stirring depiction of online friendship. I, I, I it brings tears to my eyes. I mean, because I to know that actually something like this can happen. I don't play video games, you know. Um, I'm surprised. I'm sure. Really, <laughs> uh, but uh, and but you know the the truth is I, I can see this happening. Not necessarily around video games, so I can see why the drama of online video games and how they're constructed. It's not just yeah. drama, you know. I. I think that, um, as Munif points out, and as you just alluded to, part of it, of course, is the structure of the mission and teams and, you know, teamwork, those types of connections. But actually, the other thing is also, um, I mean, I know people who play online games um, and who do it a lot. And so actually what happens is also there's a consistency to it. Um, Munif references hours. I, I think people end up spending a large amount of time together and sometimes in things that your people around you might not understand. Tasha also says, have met a friend online on Club Penguin eight years ago and until today she's a close friend of mine. I'm even planning to attend her wedding next year. 
Yeah, so Tasha, you you know you kind of exemplified the fact that you can take these online online relationships and move into the real world. Real world relationships can start to morph into a, something like a hybrid uh, type of relationship, part online, part in the real world. And then because there is the possibility that something stays purely online. And I am actually open to the idea that this can be real because I think friendships are, um, you know, are very different. I mean, they're, they're, there's no one cookie cutter friendship uh, template, right? I mean, friendships can be based on the deep connection you get that, like in the past, just exchanging letters, that can actually be the basis and expression of a real friendship. No, absolutely. I, I, I actually, like I said, I don't see a problem with that. I, I think that um, I think I understand the resistance to it, especially if you don't engage with the internet and its communities in that way, and that's fine. Lots of people don't do that, um, and so if that's not something that you've done, then I, I completely understand the skepticism, but. Over time, increasingly, I feel like stories like Munif's and Tasha's are ones that I hear over and over again of people actually having these really deep and abiding friendships with people online, but often through interest. More often than not, it's it's that way, not, I think, just random. If someone messages you, hello, beautiful lady, want to be friend, that, that's probably, that's not the one. That's exactly not exactly that syntax. That's, <laughs> it is usually that syntax. And it's not, that, that. I don't think that's going to be your 20-year friendship. Yeah, bad grammar really is a block. I mean, I mean, but you know, but more importantly is the skip. You know what I think that some of us fear? We fear that um, we're being scammed. Yes, and I think that is a real one. But but I think there's a whole generation that's growing up without that fear. You know, uh, or with a better trust of themselves to kind of weed it out. It might be that as well. Uh, okay, after the six o'clock news today, we are continuing somewhat a generational conversation um, because we're talking about ambition and how times have changed. You may have heard of China's lying flat um, phenomenon or rotting, I think it's called. Um, and let so it rot. Let, let it rot. And so we're going to be talking about that and asking you, are you an ambitious person? Has that changed over the years? You can call us, you can tweet us, um, and yeah, keep it here. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.